Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keene from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a wonderful day out there. Looks like everything's working. Wonderful. Or is it? Yeah, it's working. So, I felt like we should have a conversation, folks. I've been getting emails as well as comments from people who are wondering if I'm going to do be the next Mark Stoney or if I'm going to be like an Atheist Junior or a Cindy Lincoln because I feel disappointed with the results and the conclusion of the event that happened between myself and Kent Hovind that will I become a hater? Will I become someone who relentlessly goes after Kent Hovind and take all the positive things that I've ever learned from him or absorbed from him and put it into my own, some of my own apologetics and arguments? Am I simply going to throw them out the window? Am I going to make videos where I try to destroy Kent Hovind's character or the man himself? Am I going to spend hours on top of hours editing videos and trying to grab anything that he might say that sounds like a discrepancy or a contradiction and try to humiliate him all throughout his life? No. No, I'm not going to be another hater or another critic of Kentovin. But I will tell you this. I identify and relate with your problems. I understand now fully, after two years of um, doing shows with Kent Hovind and interacting with him and having conversations with him, I think I understand what the problem is that everybody cries about and gets upset about. It took me, I just kind of sat back for a few days thinking to myself and also reflecting on some of the conversations that I've had with Christians as well as non-believers since my video where I allowed my anger to show through and my disappointment about what happened. For those who may not have seen the video, I felt as though Kent Hovind was something else than what I expected. Like Cindy Lincoln, who went down there to have a relationship with him and a marriage and wanted a family where she wanted to be involved and she felt like she was doing something cool for God and and that Kent was like a God unto himself, she was duly disappointed by her relationship, her friendships, and I guess after it was all said and done, some people turned their back on her and some people remained her friend. She managed to successfully get people to agree with her and then they helped her out. And some of those people are still helping her out and other people have what is referred to as flip-flopped right back to Kent Hogan. And I understand why they flip-flopped. I understand why people are for Cindy and why people are for Kent and why people are for Mark Stoney and why some people even listen to some of the atheists out there, even from the Christian camp where you're saying to yourself, yeah, I get it. 
I get it. And some of you, you don't absolutely understand whatsoever. And some of you just don't downright care whatsoever, which I can clearly see that Mark Stoney notices these things. Cindy Lincoln notices. I, however, doubt that Kent Hovind is actually really noticing. But I'm not going to be one of those people. I'm not going to... I've been disappointed all my life. I've had a lot of things that just didn't go my way. I've been involved in friendships and relationships where you have these expectations for people where you expect them to be a certain way or you get this like surface idea of who they are. There's like a honeymoon period where everything seems awesome and cool. And you even get to the point in your life where you feel like you just can't live without that person. You can't function unless they're with you. It's almost like a codependency where you feel like that person has become a part of your soul. And when they disappoint you or they do something out of character or they go from being a hero to almost like sitting on the line of villain to you, it's a, it's a shocker. It's stunning. And that can cause a mild trauma to a person whenever someone that you think that you knew or that you understood is not what you expected them to be. So I completely relate. I completely identify. But I'm just not going to handle, I'm not going to dedicate my life to going after someone like that, like the way you guys do. You see, long ago, I made a decision in my life that this world fails. I made a decision that people are not going to live up to my expectations. I have come to the realization that things are not always going to go my way. But I've also learned a valuable thing that a lot of people out there including atheists and religious people have never learned how to do. I've learned how to not get the results or the conclusion or the thing that I fought for. I have learned how to lose. I have learned how to fail. I have learned how to make mistakes and learn from them and, and do something different when something that I've repeatedly tried to do doesn't work. There's always going to be that anger, obviously. I'm a human being. There's always going to be that annoyance when something doesn't go your way or when you come to the realization that you worked very, very hard and you still ain't going to get what you want out of it. I have learned how to deal with that. And I've learned that the only way to be able to live my life is just to move forward and be able to accept things based upon what the world has given me. I've also come to the realization that there's no reason to be entitled or have obligations at all with people. And that's really, really helped me out as a person to realize that what I expect may not be the same desires and ambitions of other people. Mm, I am thirsty. I had a vision that, and when I say vision, I'm not talking about like some kind of a <clears throat> burning bush manifestation where 
God speaks to me, telling me what I ought to do kind of thing. But a vision like that of an idea of what I wanted to do with my channel and what I want to do with what some would call a ministry. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a priest. I'm not ever going to run some kind of mega church or anything like that. But what I will do is I will make my videos and I will express myself. I've also learned something really valuable about Christianity and atheism, and I do not want to fall into the hole that many of you out there have fallen into. I am not going to attempt to live according to someone else's image or what their idea of me is to be as well. I'm going to continue to be myself, and I'm going to continue to be honest whenever I feel like I'm not getting through to somebody. I'm going to be honest with you and tell you, look, I failed at this, or I made a mistake at this, or I made a mistake with someone. I'm going to tell you whenever I'm angry. I'm going to tell you whenever I'm happy. I'm not going to try to hide behind an image and smile at you whenever I'm feeling absolutely miserable. I'm not going to tell you that everything's going to be okay or everything's fair in this world because I'd be lying to you. And I don't want to bear false witness. It's pretty clear at this point in my junction in life that I was never meant to be the guy who wears suits and ties. It's obvious that I am not the guy that's ever going to create or construct a compound where tons of people are going to live. I've always had this dream that I'd like to live on something like a ranch. I'd like to have animals. I would like to be able to have people around me where I help them and I'm help better their life and all that. I was tempted for quite some time to go down to <clears throat> Dinosaur Adventureland <clears throat> and become a part of that whole deal. I actually thought, man, if I moved up my entire family and lived down there, I could have a place to stay, my own little space. I might get treated like royalty. Sandra and Kent told me they would love to treat me like royalty if I was down there. But I wasn't looking to be treated like a king or treated like loyalty or royalty. I was wanting simply to have a Christian community. I wanted to be a part of something that could change the world and make an impact in a positive way. I wanted to actually, for selfishly, because of my lack of family and loyal friendships that I have, I have a lot of friends that are loyal, but you can never have too many. You know what I mean? You can always use a, a good friend that you can count on that is dependable, that loves you and, and honors you and respects you and will also disagree with you whenever you're wrong so you won't continue to go into a bad direction. You could always use someone like that who has the courage to tell you, Brett, you're wrong about something. Brett, this is not the route that you want to go. People like that, they truly love you and care about you. They're telling you something's wrong. Some people can't handle that, though. Some people cannot handle criticism, and they will immediately go into slit throat mode, where, oh, you don't like what I'm doing? You don't agree with me? So that's the end of you type of attitude. And I've actually had to have that attitude towards some people too. There's some people where I felt like what they did to me was so ignorant and so nasty 
that I just said to myself, I would be better off in life if this person simply did not exist, that I never look at them and I never talk to them again. And that's a problem I've struggled with in Christianity for a long time. I don't do the whole love your enemy, do unto others very good at all. I appreciate that a lot of you out there think that you're doing exactly what Jesus told you to do. I appreciate the fact that you think that not doing the things that you used to do and that you're not cussing and that you're all clean cut looking all beautiful, that you somehow are impressing God in some kind of way by the way you're doing. <clears throat> but I have this weird idea that God loves me for just who I am. I don't believe that God makes junk. I think that once God creates people, he creates people beautiful. And then for whatever reason, they decide they want to cut all their hair off and dye it pink and purple and green and, and put metal in their face so they look like Shredder off Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Some people, they can't stop eating too many cookies. Like myself, and you end up, you know, blowing up like a damn balloon. And then you're asking, oh, geez, boy, it's so hard getting around now. I think that God originally created everything perfect, everything beautiful. Every little baby that comes into the world looks beautiful and perfect in my eyes. I've been, I've spent years at a children's hospital. I've seen a lot of babies, even the ones that were sick, even the ones that were dying. They were beautiful. They were beautiful. And unfortunately, some of them had the blessing of being able to go home with their moms and dads. Others did not. Some of them didn't even have parents to go home to, even if they did heal up from their sicknesses. I've come to the realization that Brett Keen is going to be who Brett Keen is. And Brett Keen's not going to let anybody be an obstacle to him. If you're wondering why I decided to make this video, it's not because I'm apologizing to Kent. It's not because I'm apologizing to Mark or Cindy. I'm telling you all that I understand why you do the things you do now. I didn't understand a few days ago with Kent. It took a lot of, a lot of real thought and thinking on it, but I think I got you all figured out now. I think Cindy wanted something beautiful. She wanted to live in a castle. She wanted to be treated like a princess. She wanted to be a part of something that she thought was changing the world or doing something great. And instead she didn't get what she wanted in any of that. The man that she married didn't turn out to be the man that she expected him to be. The place did not turn out to be what she expected it to be. The people around her did not turn out to be what was expected. And she gave her whole identity and life to it. And now she doesn't even know who she is. She doesn't know who she is as a person, and she is literally traumatized by that. Mark Stoney was raising his daughter up in an environment like this, where he had the same admiration, probably even more than I did, for a guy like Kent. Mark told me one time when we were having a conversation that he didn't just see Kent as a preacher or the guy who runs Dinosaur Island who does or Adventureland <laughs> as just a preacher or a man of God. 
Mark seen him as a father figure. He seen a man who had been in prison, who'd had a lot of things go wrong in his life, a guy who has failed, but looked good on camera, said everything that Christians would ever want to hear. Kent Hoven was the perfect image of what a man of God should be. So whenever Mark went down there, that's exactly what he expected to run into. He didn't want to run into a person that had chinks in their armor, <clears throat> a person that was all screwed up. Mark was looking for a family. He was looking <clears throat> for a father that he never had. He was looking to get away from the world and he wanted to be, he wanted his reality to change. This was a man who served in the military and he had seen a lot of bad things and he wanted to escape it. He thought that this was going to be his medication, his psychological break away from all the evil and corruption in the world and be a part of something that was actually good that only pushed positive vibes. His disappointment was severe. He came to the realization that the man that he loved and cared about and looked up to as a father would not be anything near what he expected or wanted. To him, it was like finding out that the devil was good at wearing a mask. That's what he found out. I found out that my expectations were I wanted to be a friend. I wanted to also have some form of family as well. I was never, never served in the military. I never, I don't know what it's like to point a gun at someone with the intention or awaiting an order or command to end someone else's life. I don't have an idea what that feels like or what that is about. But I do know what it's like trying to look at someone and say, I'd really, really like to have a close friendship with this person. I would really like to share in what it is that this person's talking about and involved in. And when you have those type of feelings, what follows after is you want them to notice you too. You want them to reward you with kind words or support. You want them to realize that you're important too, that you mean something, that you have value. You feel inside your head that if you say all these great things about them and you're constantly lifting them up and treating their ministry like it's the greatest thing in the planet, just sometimes, every once in a while, you want to hear, I love you, I care about you, I respect what you're doing, and what you have to say means something that you could be great. There's so much that you could do. Sometimes you would just want to hear, I think you're on to something. I think that you, you have potential and I want to support you. I want to help you. And sometimes our family doesn't do that, do they? 
Sometimes our friends do not say the right things. And sometimes we tell them, we literally give them, we, t we explain and articulate and communicate to these people that we love and care about. We say, I have needs. I have things that, I, that I'm trying to do too, that I want to do. And unfortunately, sometimes it just falls in deaf ears. People don't hear it. They don't care. And that just breaks your damn heart. That's rough. But my heart's been broken into a billion pieces. My faith has been challenged every single day of my life. I have more questions about anything and everything than any of you could possibly even be able to fathom. Had some of you taken the time to actually get to know me and see me as the person that I am, you would have discovered that I'm not just this thing that you see on video. Had you looked beyond the image, beyond the idol, or whatever it is, word you want to throw in there and fill in the blank with, you would have realized that, hey, when this guy is not talking about God, and when this guy is not having these philosophical arguments, when this guy's not running a show, this is a man who's just trying to survive in a really fucking ignorant, terrible, evil world. This is a guy who has suffered. This is a guy that knows what it's like to have people beat the ever-living shit out of him emotionally and scar him in every way possible. And he's not going to ever be a perfect man. At the best, you're going to get a person who was good at duct taping all the breaks and the cracks and all the frail, vulnerable areas that have been attacked. At the best, you're going to get someone who understands what it means to be broken, what it means to suffer, what it means to walk through hell back and forth, back and forth, and know what that damn heat feels like. That's what you'll get out of Brett Keen. Some of you out there, you announced to me through emails as well as comments, you said, Brett, I only subscribe to you because you were associated with Kent Hovind for the time being. I only came to your channel because I wanted to see Kent on the show. I didn't give a rat's ass about what you had to say or what you had to think. Um, some of you, you, you claim to be Christian and you told me basically that you don't care about me, that you don't care about what I have to say, that you're only there because your favorite preacher is going to be on TV soon. God TV radio. <laughs> but believe it or not, even though a lot of people would have felt like absolutely miserable and like shit for people saying things like that to them, woman or man, I've been through that before. I've been through that a hundred times where all I have to do is simply disagree with a big time popular person on YouTube, <clears throat> disagree with somebody's views in the community that happens to have more subscribers than I do. And I've learned that no matter if I'm right about what I'm saying, that no matter how much evidence I demonstrate, no matter what I say, 
But some people get to a point where they're so popular on YouTube, some preachers are so popular that they can literally eat a baby on a TV screen and you would somehow still justify it and defend it in every single way. I get that. I understand that. You know, I watched for over a year and a half where there was this Christian who was absolutely abusive, who would speak violence against his audience. If anybody disagreed with him, he would say that he would hurt them. He would say that they were pieces of shit. He would call them cockroaches and every name in the book, and they still followed him like little ants being led to a volcano. <laughs> and I couldn't understand for life of me, why are people doing that? Why are they going to the volcano for and just diving into this fire? Why are they allowing themselves to be gaslighted by this Christian guy? And I told, you know, I tried warning people, but somehow I ended up the bad guy for being the person who pointed this out. And like I said, it wasn't the first time. I've exposed countless non-believers as well as religious people who were extremely popular, and I ended up basically, at the end of it all, being the asshole. But eventually what happens with people like this those poor, sad little Christians who followed that guy, they ended up finding out that he was a rapist. Yeah. They found out that that guy was a rapist. And not just a, a rapist of some woman, which is terrible enough, but a rapist of children. And they followed that fucking guy. And some of them still do. The guy went to jail. The guy got himself in serious trouble. And then he came to YouTube and started to pretend as though he was some great ministry Christian who was smarter than all the other Christians who thought he was bright, intelligent. And no matter what I said to people, no matter what I told them, nobody listened. And I got to tell you, that was excruciating. I can't tell you how many times I prayed to God and said, God, why are these people fooled? Why are they so deceived? How is this possible? Why would they just sit there and allow someone to crush them every day and abuse them and treat them like dog shit? And then I realized that a lot of these people, the reason why they follow a predator or a bad person or a shitty person on the internet is because a lot of these people are lonely. They don't have family. They don't have very many friends. And for them, it feels like they're part of a community, I suppose. To them, it's like, yeah, it's a broken community. It's not ever going to be perfect, but at least I'm acknowledged as a person. At least, you know, even if I'm being called a cockroach or a piece of shit, at least somebody's noticing me and I'm not invisible. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. Dealt with another guy the same way. Another guy about five years ago who um, would get up on these live rooms and he was considered the most respected and appreciated Christian of all times. And this fucking guy turned out to be um, 
a pretty bad one as well. And I warned people about that. I told people about this. I didn't make like video after video after video like some people do on the internet. But I found out that the guy uh, had child porn all over his computer, along with all of his Bible tracks and Bible software where he could find verses and passages to defend and justify all of his sins. But according to him and his followers, he had been saved, and he was always saved. He would always be saved, no matter what he did, because he's in the hands of God. So for the last six years of me being a theist, being a new Christian, there's a lot of things I've learned. I remember whenever I was an atheist, I used to ask, how is it possible that whenever you find out that a Catholic priest has raped a child or done some sick shit or manipulated some kid into doing shit like that, how is it possible that the church, instead of turning them in and following the law and having that person put away in a cage somewhere where they belong or bury their ass under the prison, how is it that they still, they just simply get moved around like nothing ever happened and those kids end up either growing up and becoming fully broken or they killed themselves because they don't feel value in their lives anymore. How is that possible that a bunch of people of God would do such a thing? After seeing all the shit that I have seen in this existence and life from the atheist community and the religious community, I had, two, I had a few choices that I could choose to do with myself as a person. I could choose to go into the coat closet and fucking hang myself. But that would have sucked because I've already had family members that did that, and that was horrible. That made everybody feel like shit, and that's caused a lot of trauma in my own family. I got kids, I got a wife, I got responsibilities, and I can't just fucking break under pressure. Or the other option is to be like one of you out there where I just simply keep getting called a cockroach and used as a doormat and abused. That's definitely not something I want to do. Or there's the other option. I completely throw the baby out with the bathwater where I say, fine, there's no God. There's no nothing. This is all there is. You better get used to it. But that doesn't work either because I can't stop holding to the idea that there's a higher power. I can't stop believing that there's more to the universe than what there is. Well, as far as it comes to God, though, excuse me. I've accepted that God is not going to do everything that I expect. Sometimes God is going to let some really, really fucked up shit happen in this world. And a finger will not be lifted to stop it. It has come to my attention that God is most likely going to continue to let bullshit happen 
for a long, long period of time, probably long after I'm dead. And you, my friends, are going to watch the news and you are going to see what's going on in social media and you are going to see wars, you are going to see death, you are going to see misery, you are going to see innocent children suffer and hurt. And there's not a damn thing you're going to do about it. Either because you're a coward or because you don't have the money or the wealth or the charisma to do anything about it or you don't have the political pull. Or you're going to be one of those people who profit off of other people's suffering and you have absolutely no motivation whatsoever to help out the poor little cockroaches on the ground because you are getting bank. You are making money and you're doing great for yourself. So there ain't no fucking reason whatsoever that you ought to make a move even though you could at any time. You guys want to know a mistake I made a long time ago with religion? One of the mistakes I made in my perception of Christianity as well as whenever I was an atheist and as a Christian, I always had this weird idea that people had a good side to them. That there was a, um, that everyone had some kind of good in them, even atheists. I always believed that everybody out there, because they've been designed by God, that God designed morals in everyone, including the skeptic. Even the most skeptical atheist out there, even the most hardcore atheist, I'd always believed, especially looking at myself and reflecting, that if I can change, then other people can change. But I realized over long periods of time and experiencing the human race that I'm unique. I'm a special case and not because God said so. It's just simply because I sat back one day and said, this is not the way I want to be. I didn't need God to tell me that I wanted to be a better person. I just said to myself, I need to be the best father I can. I don't want to be like my parents. I don't want to be one of these fake-ass people who wear an image in front of you, and then once they have you in your, your their clutches and they think they've earned your trust, that they're just going to crush you. I decided long ago that Although I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to have problems, I'd rather people, this is going to come off weird, but I'd rather people hate me for who I am than love me for something I'm not. 